Hello everyone, this is Attack the Backlog, the podcast where I, Mark Kuznez, tries to make a dent in their backlog one game at a time. This is episode 22, Resident Evil, specifically the Resident Evil HD remaster, which originally came out on GameCube, though it wasn't HD back then, it was just a remaster a remake it's the remake this is the resident i guess it's technically the resident evil remake hd remaster if you want to be very accurate with the title but it originally came out on gamecube of course the original game came out on playstation and eventually made its way to pc i think about six months later and the remake originally came out on gamecube and then it made its way to many other platforms, including PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, the Wii, and most recently, the Nintendo Switch, back where it belongs on a Nintendo platform for a higher price than all the other platforms. But I play the remaster of the remake because why would I go back and play the original when I could play the pretty somewhat modernized version of the original? So I played Resident Evil on my Xbox One and I played it in the 4x3 aspect ratio, the original aspect ratio because if you stretch it out and make it widescreen you're going to lose out on parts of the environment you'll you'll be cut off from parts of the the game and i didn't want to do that i want to see everything i want to see all the stuff that the developers put into the game and the beautiful environments and i also played it on very easy and i don't feel bad about that whatsoever because i know myself and the fact that i am a big baby when it comes to horror games and I know that if I played it on any other difficulty, the likelihood of me completing the game would be way lower. Because while you can defend yourself with guns and your knife and all that jazz, you still have to deal with the ink ribbon management. And I'm sure these zombies are more hostile or they just take more bullets or the amount of bullets you find is greatly diminished i don't know how exactly it's different but i know that i needed to make it as accessible as possible so that i would ensure my finishing of the game and now that i finished it i wouldn't mind going through it again at some point in the future and you might be saying well, it doesn't. It still doesn't matter. You should have played it on at least normal difficulty. What is wrong with you? You want an example of what is wrong with me in terms of horror games and games that aren't even horror games? I've mentioned this story elsewhere, but I, when I was young, loved Castlevania II Simon's Quest. However, I only played the first five or so minutes of that game over and over and over again. Because when... It transitioned from day to night. I was too scared to play any more of it. I'm not joking. When it transitioned, I turned off my console. Every time without fail. I would sometimes maybe try to last 10 seconds, but I would be walking outside or I'd be inside a building when it happened. I'm like, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to go outside. And then I would go outside and then I'd be like, I don't like this. I don't like this. And I would 
turn off the console or turn off the TV, whichever was easier and quicker. I think I may have watched my brother play it a few times, but I was never in control of that game. And that is not a scary game. Looking back at it now, it's ridiculous. But I was young, I was dumb, and I was a big baby. And I'm still a big baby to an extent. I can't handle games where I have no ability to defend myself like Amnesia or the like. But enough about me. This is about Resident Evil, not about me and my issue with horror games. So I'm going to start off with what I thought of the game in a broad sense. And in a broad sense, I love this game. I can't believe how much I loved this game. It is so good. It holds up so well. There are some annoyances to be found with the archaic design, but at the same time, some of those choices, like having the fixed cameras and all that jazz, work so well to build up the tension and make it feel much more cinematic. My biggest issue with the game in terms of the way it's designed is in how excessive the backtracking is. And, and more so than that, I don't mind the excessive backtracking that exists in Resident Evil. My problem is that a handful of doors are either broken and you could only go through them one way, or they are breaking and you could go through them both ways for a few times. But then, of course, after you've walked through them a handful of times, the doorknob breaks or whatever and you can't get through it. And that choice to make a few doors one-way doors makes the backtracking feel so much worse because you'll have to go to a point on the other side of this door and then you'll want to or you'll need to get back to where you just were in order to take an object because these doors are around safe rooms as well and it becomes a frustrating element of the game because it exacerbates how much backtracking you have to do and it is just the most frustrating element of the game. Also, while I like the fixed cameras, when you are walking around corners and the camera changes, I ended up in multiple situations where I would be making my way around a corner and then the camera changes and I guess I would let go of the analog stick and then press it again in the same direction I was pressing prior to the camera change and that would make my character turn around and then they would go back where I was coming from and then I would be like shit and then I would press it again and I would go back around the corner, camera changes, I'd let go again I guess and I would get in this endless loop of just going back and forth around this corner and if you are an outside observer like myself you'd be looking at this person and you'd be thinking well, this fucking person's insane, what is wrong with this person? What can, do they just not know where they want to go? Do they want to go around the corner this direction or do they want to go back where they came from? I don't know because they just keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Also, I should probably note, I played this game as Jill. And the reason why I played this game as Jill is because I learned the hard way that Jill is quote unquote easy mode. So I played the easy mode of very easy mode. And I learned this the hard way because I initially started out as Chris. I thought that the difference between Chris and Jill was just that one had a penis and one had a vagina, but I was very wrong. Chris is terrible for anyone who hasn't played 
the original Resident Evil or someone who isn't that familiar with the way older Resident Evil games work with the inventory management and all that jazz. And why Chris is terrible is because he has two less inventory slots. He doesn't start with a gun, which isn't a huge problem because you get a gun pretty early on in the game when playing as him. But the lack of two inventory slots, only having six, whereas Jill has eight, is a big problem because even with the eight I had as Jill playing through the whole game, I ended up making so many trips back and forth between safe rooms in order to dump crap that was in my inventory in the storage box so that I could come back to it when I needed it later. Also, I, I realized this way too late in the game and I feel dumb for this. And if you are listening or watching this, you should tell me how dumb I am for not realizing this sooner, but it took me maybe three, four hours to realize I didn't need to carry the ink ribbons with me all the time because outside of one or two typewriters in the game, every typewriter is right next to a storage box. So when you want to save the game, just go to the storage box, take out that ink ribbon, save the game, and then put it back and keep playing. It's as simple as that. And the only two typewriters I could think of that don't have a storage box right next to them are the one in the dining room at the very beginning of the game, and then the one that is in the lab or in the room right next to the lab in the, not the cabin, I think the residence, I think that's what that area is called. But outside of those two typewriters, they're all next to storage bins. And I was wasting a valuable inventory slot on that for way too long. So that's some friendly advice if you decide to play this game. But going back to the difference between Jill and Chris, Chris has a lighter on him at all times, I think maybe. Whereas Jill has a lockpick that can get her in a few rooms, which it can be beneficial to have that lockpick. But I do think if I'm remembering correctly, that Chris always has the lighter on him and it doesn't take up an inventory slot that is very beneficial in this remake because this remake adds crimson heads which are modified versions of zombies who are previously defeated quote-unquote defeated zombies who you didn't decapitate or burn and burning bodies becomes very important later on in the game as you end up in these areas where a crimson head pops up because you didn't burn the body and it freaks you the fuck out like it did for me. I did not realize crimson heads were in this game until I ran into one for the first time. Let me, let me correct that. I didn't realize there were crimson heads in this game until one ran into me. I thought this game was nothing but slow walking zombies and then a zombie comes charging at me. The music changes. I'm like, what is going on? What is that music? What is happening? And then this zombie just comes out of nowhere and it is furious and fast you might call it fast and furious and it might drift around the environment you know it's it's shuffling it's moving quickly yeah you could say it's drifting but you probably shouldn't but burning bodies becomes a significant part of the game something that i did a lot of and if i didn't have to worry about using a inventory slot for a lighter it would have been nice because i don't think the lockpick came in handy all that much. I am not sure if it gets you into rooms you can't get into otherwise, or if it's just something that you have to then find the key for. Either way, 
I think having a lighter on me at all times would be more beneficial. But at the same time, I only have to use one inventory slot for a lighter when playing as Jill. And Jill has two extra inventory slots. So in the end, it still isn't that big of a deal. So if you are thinking about playing Resident Evil 1, the remake, and you're not sure who you should play as, don't do what I did and just play as Jill right from the start. It's pretty much the same except easier, more user-friendly. But going back to the game itself and the act of playing it, outside of those annoyances I mentioned earlier, the handful of doors that are only one way and the occasional awkwardness that comes from moving between different camera angles, I found the archaic design of it to be really beneficial to creating the mood and atmosphere that the game had, which was fantastic. My entire time playing through the game was very tense, and I was always on the edge of my seat, and I couldn't play it for long periods of time because playing it for an hour or two took so much out of me because I was so nervous that this might happen or that might happen. And I think the way it was designed with these fixed camera angles goes a long way in building all of that because there are moments when you walk into a room and you hear something, but you can't see it because you can't rotate the camera around. You just have to walk forward and see what it is for yourself, which is more realistic because in reality, we can't just spin a camera around and try to sneak our way around a corner. We have to actually go and see for ourselves. And also some doors, when you walk through them, the camera angle will be a camera that is on the door so you see yourself and that becomes very scary because usually you hear something and you're like oh something is in front of me but I can't currently see myself and that is a case of the director saying we want to present this scene in, in this way for it to have the greater effect and it works and the scariest moment for me happened twice in the game and the scariest moments for me happened a bit later in the game when I not knowing these things were in the fucking game. And I, I don't know how, no one ever told me about this, knowing that I have this phobia and I don't like these things. The first time I ran into a giant fucking spider, I lost my shit. The first time it happened, I think in the, in the pool room, in the, the bar pool room, that is, I believe in the residence, I walked through this door thinking nothing about it. I'm like, whatever, there'll be some zombies in here maybe or whatever, I don't care. I walked through that door and the camera was looking at the door from further back than usual. And right above me was a giant tarantula, a huge tarantula. I freaked the fuck out and I immediately went back through the door. I was like, nope, nope. I audibly said, nope. I didn't scream, but I was audibly upset and uncomfortable i put the controller down and i immediately googled the spiders in resident evil i was like how do i deal with these things how bad are they what what's the the best way to get around killing them or doing whatever I, at that point i was still only using the pistol and i was like i think i need the shotgun now because fucking giant spiders people i can't i can't do this and then what pisses me off even more than the discovery that spiders are in the game is that when I googled about the spiders in Resident Evil, I read, like the first thing I read was that 
they're fine with you. You don't have to worry about them. If you don't bug them, they won't bug you. That is a fucking load of bullshit. They, they fucking hate you. I walked in that room and I'm like, okay, maybe the spider really, they, they don't care about me. I'll be okay. But immediately, that spider's like, bleh, 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 and like raised its front legs. And then it started spitting acid at me. I'm like, what the shit is this? This thing is not friendly. This thing most definitely does not like me. It doesn't matter if I am provoking it or anything. It just wants to murder me. And I was not happy. And then there was a second one in there. And then at a later point in the game, the same freaking thing happened. But I think in that case, it was like I went into a hallway and I didn't think anything of it. And then I turned the corner and then boom, on the wall, giant spider. What the fuck, Resident Evil? Why do you have to be so mean but moments like that happen because of the way the game is designed and how purposefully designed it is with the camera angles and all that and i really appreciate that it isn't that it is better or worse than the way games are designed today it's just different and it has its benefits and drawbacks and i really appreciate that about the game and i am happy that it holds up so well that that kind of design isn't bad design it's just different and i was not sure if that was going to be the case and i don't mind the tank controls which is also a very archaic design point of the game it felt fine for me and it kind of added to the tension and just making the movement of my character more slow and methodical Sometimes I would get in situations where I thought I would be turning in one direction and I would be turning in the other direction, but that happened very seldomly. And I just, I really loved the game and playing it was never an issue. I'm not a fan of the ink ribbon system because I don't like the idea of losing progress in any game. I'm not a fan of those kind of save systems in any games. Like with Symphony of the Night and the save points and all that kind of stuff, I'm not a huge fan of that, but I understand it. And at least on very easy mode, I had an abundance of ink ribbons, too many ink ribbons, which leads me to believe the ink ribbon shortage I was expecting in higher difficulties wouldn't be as problematic, probably on the hardest difficulty it would be but i'm imagining on quote unquote normal it wouldn't be terrible but i didn't know which is why again i played it on very easy and i i just i i really love the game now going back to the game itself and the story specifically because i feel like this episode has been very tangential and just all over the place but that's that's fine the story the the personal story happening between Jill and Chris and her fellow star police cop people, whatever was going on. I didn't care all that much about that, but I do think the world building was very well done in the documents you would find throughout the game in various rooms. And the one that stood out for me the most, and I would imagine anyone who's played the game, the story that stands out the most in part because a character in game who you fight is tied to this story is the one revolving around Lisa and her mother and father. So Lisa's father was one of the scientists, I believe, working at Umbrella, creating the virus and all that jazz. And you read the diaries of 
the father and the mother and the daughter. And you come to realize that this creature you first meet in this cabin in the woods, they knock you out. You, you discover that this creature was once a little girl. And what's even more disturbing, when you look at her model, her face is weird, like she's wearing this mask. And when you find her diary, you find out that the mask she's wearing is the face of her mother. And it's such a sad story and it's disturbing imagery and when you realize that and then look at the model again it becomes so much more horrific and sad and when you end up killing her later in the game it brings out mixed feelings because yes she's trying to kill you and she is a monster now and is your enemy and you don't have a choice but at the same time she was once a little girl and she lost her parents and she's wearing the face of her mother to keep her mother with her. And it's just, it's a very sad story. But I, I think the world building and all that was done very well. And I was very fascinated about the origin of the virus and all of that. Whereas the actual story happening with my character, Jill, and everyone else, Barry and all that, Barry's family was kidnapped or whatever, and Wesker, I didn't realize Wesker was introduced in the first game and was a good guy originally. I didn't know anything about Wesker except he was a cool dude with glasses who could like teleport around in later games and was super powered, whatever the hell was going on with him. But that whole story and all the characters in the game didn't do all that much for me and in the end i ended up saving barry and chris i didn't save the person who needed the antidote for the giant snake and i should mention those two there are a handful of boss fights that just reminds me there was another fucking giant spider an even bigger spider fuck this game i hate it no i i love it but when i had to defeat another giant spider i was not happy but i i brought my grenade launcher I knew that some shit was going to be going down and I had that and I destroyed that thing the snake was kind of fun and cool to mess around with I wish I saved that guy but I didn't and that was a little sad but who cares I saved Chris and I saved Barry and then I blew up the tyrant with a bazooka and the game was over and I thought to myself well that was just wonderful Resident Evil is a wonderful game I'm so pleasantly surprised that I'm able to say that about the game. It is just an absolute fantastic game. And it has me even more excited to play through the remake of 2. Because I've been dying to play that since I played the demo. And I wanted to play through the first game before that. And now I'm even more excited to play through 2. But I think that will do it for Resident Evil HD remaster remake or what is it again <laughs> the resident evil remake remaster hd i think it was also called rebirth when it was originally released on gamecube so let's call it the resident evil rebirth remake no no resident evil remake rebirth remaster hd edition buy it now on your switch for ten dollars more than all other platforms except you know i'm Sure, maybe the GameCube version, get in a used copy would be more. But why would you do that? Why would you do that? That is just the remake. It's not the remake HD remaster. HD. That is high definition. But I, I, I really love the game. 
And I'm sure there are things I forgot to mention in this very long episode already. And that's just because the game is dripping with stuff. Like the keys, that whole system. I'm fine with that system and having all these rooms that are locked and having to find keys. My only issue with the keys is that at times I would have two or three in my inventory at one time. And that was a little annoying. It's kind of weird that a key can take up the same amount of space as a shotgun or a grenade launcher or something humongous. Why can't I just have a key ring? Why can't I just have one key ring? Maybe it takes up an inventory slot or maybe it doesn't. That would alleviate some of the, the inventory slot issues if the keys weren't part of the inventory. Because also you could collect these special weapons, a taser and a different knife. And these you can use when a zombie grabs you or a dog grabs you to get them off of you without taking any damage. And you could carry as many of these as you want and they don't take up an inventory slot. And that's just a little ridiculous. I do appreciate that the ammunition just keeps adding, just keeps stacking in one slot. I'm not sure if at some point you could have so much ammunition that it doesn't stack, but I like that. Also, I just remembered one huge thing that goes such a long way in making the game feel so much more accessible and so much less frustrating. And I, I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier. And I almost feel like I should re-record this episode or find a way to edit this in earlier, but forget it. I'm just going to keep it in right here. The thing I love most about the design of this game is that with the map, it tells you if a room is clear. And what I mean by that is that if a room still has items for you to collect or puzzles that will provide you with some kind of item or whatever, if a room still has things for you to do in it, it will be red. If it is complete and there's nothing left for you to do in that room, it will be green. And I can't, I can't explain how much I appreciate that with words because the backtracking is annoying and having to go to all these rooms back and forth can be frustrating. But if I didn't know if a room was complete, I would have ended up spending so much more time backtracking because I would be going to this room and that room and this other room over and over again, unsure of whether or not there might still be something in there that I can get or need to do or anything like that. So having that show up on the map is so beneficial, so crucial to the experience that I can't express enough how wonderful and how great that choice was to make. It, it, it is just, it's probably the difference between me enjoying it as much as I did and me potentially becoming more and more frustrated with it over time. So yeah, the map in the game is fantastic and I appreciate that so much. I, I, I can't overstate that enough anywho that will for real this time do it for this here episode of attack the backlog once again i'm your host mark kuznez y'all can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere at px sausage the site is of course pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast and the pixelated sausage podcast which are both available on podcast services across the globe 
like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or the Pixelated Sausage podcast, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and watch them there. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com. If you see something you like, Click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.